0: This STAND student podcast is brought to you by STAND, a Suez educational development initiative by Irish Aid. Learn more about the work that STAND does with young people across Ireland at stand.ie. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the podcast series on the DRC. Today we present the second part of the interview to Dr Nia Luca on international trade. I am sure you agree the first part offered us a great insight into the international trade system and its many flaws and I am sure this second part won't leave us indifferent. So just uh, to to go a little bit to focus on uh, one case as you were saying to do with employment, uh, for example, the Congolese people in the Katanga region, for example, um, they are being uh, they're not benefiting for the, from the extraction of cobalt, for example, and a lot of the jobs are not given to them. Do you think that sh- manufacturing should be brought to this region instead of? Um, just exporting the raw materials to third countries so we can develop employment there in the Katanga region.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely Maria. That's, that's the, that's actually what we are promoting Padmec like manufacturing should happen in Africa. It should happen at the source because when it happens at the source, it creates a multiplier effect in that economy that is really beneficial for that economy because when you build the you know when you have carbot you have your cupboard, you build a manufacturing plant there so just imagine that plant is there how many employment is it creating and then how many other multiplier employment because when you have a factory and industry uh, sitting there you will have you will have other suppliers supplying different things that that industry needs Apart from what their primary production is, like carpet or whatever, uh, so they will all the feeder industry that will develop food, you know, supply of that, supply of that, supply of that, then that creates the multiplier effect in the economy. And this is what happens when African countries just take the raw material and sell to European, uh, American, and the Chinese, because they build the, the factory. And then they begin to benefit from that multiplier effect of that factory in their countries. So bring this factory to Katanga and then have these people build whatever is built from cobalt there. Just imagine the multiplier effect of that economy. Yeah, the multiplier effect in that economy. It will, it, will be, it will be massive. It will be massive. It will be massive. The only thing that has been putting Congo back in general is there is no uh, the government governance in that country has been problematic so it has been problematic from long time and 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 even now it is interesting because the companies from from europe from china from america they are still trading in congo because they want those resources despite the fact that you know there is child labor there's child soldiers there is a there is a um, there is a no governance, you know, they're not stopping, you know, they're still wanting to take the gold. They're still wanting to take the cobalt, You know, I've seen documentaries of, 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 of cobalt extraction in Congo. It's, is children running with those explosive minerals, you know, and we are here using mobile phones. We are here using, uh, computers that are made from these things. If, if it's, it's completely unethical. Completely unethical. Children, like little children, I've seen that document. There is one documentary is in the internet showing that children and 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 and, and the mothers, you know, and the the, the effect is coming immediately within the skin, in the in the children that are born, you know. And you know, and and these things are coming to us, are coming to here in Europe, manufacturing pro- products and that we are using. We are all. Our hands are all dirty. Are all are all dirty because of of this kind of uh, uh, of kind of system, and and, and is down a problem in Congo, but it's also it, uh, down to, to to business that are still going to these countries and uh, and uh, taking these items. European countries are selling to these people in Congo arms, firearms. You know, they, these are coming from Europe. The firearms are coming from from European countries to fight the wars there. You know, so so it's um, it's uh, it's it's little complex. I'll just give an, an example of, of 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 how a stable country can actually make things better for the African countries in terms of minerals. So let's let's look at two examples. One one is Botswana. Botswana is also a country that depends on minerals, but is a stable, a well politically governed country, a huge amount of democracy huge amount of uh, uh, clean government, no corruption, you know, and you can see the benefit that country even has a social welfare system for its citizens. Yeah. Social welfare system, just like you have in Europe, social welfare system. You have that in, in, in a country in Africa, Botswana. Yeah. Botswana. They, they, they have that and, and it's working very well. And all the money they have is from the diamonds that they have, you know,
0: And they are not just
1: selling these diamonds like that. They they have a substantial share in the biggest global diamond company in the world, DBS. That company is called DBS. Yeah, DBS. They're the biggest traders of, of diamond in the world. Botswana is a country, they have a seat in the board of DBS so they they get a share they sell to them a diamond and then they get another banner back from the shares because they they have a share in the company and because they sit in the board of DBS, they also dictate the policies of that company so one of the things that happened with Botswana is that there used to be a big show of uncut diamonds in london so because of their influence in the board of the Beers, Botswana negotiated for that big show of uncut diamond to come to be in Botswana. To come to be in Botswana. And, uh, and so the tourism that we, and London was getting now is Gaborone, the capital of Botswana, is getting that tourism. Because of course, Botswana is the biggest producer of diamonds, big diamonds. So then they benefit from that. And you can see this is how the countries could benefit from owning and managing their resources. Perfectly, perfectly well, and it works good. Botswana is selling diamonds to everybody, but they get substantial share, fair share, a little bit more than fair share, because that's their diamond. And they are making development of their country using the diamonds that they have. Yeah, the diamonds are there. Now another country, uh, I'll give an example, would be Tanzania. Again, uh, Tanzania actually it's, it's a recent story. You, you, people can Google that. There's a small, a small miner. These are small miners. They're artisan miners, so they have they just use hand tools. And they, you know, in Africa, there's a uh, lots of places with the with the mineral deposits. Yeah. So, one of the minerals that we have in Tanzania is called tanzanite. Yeah, tanzanite is only found in Tanzania in the world. It's a sapphire blue like mineral, very good for making uh, dim- uh, wedding rings, engagement rings, very, very good ornamental um, mineral. So, but it's mostly mined by these small uh, trailers. Yeah, and the Tanzania actually, they, they were not managing that very well. So so people just used to sell and uh, it was being sold abroad. But recently they said, no, we want to control better this system. So we will create a, a, a place where anyone who has this mineral you know, they can come to sell in Tanzania itself and sell there. And then we know what we've got and then we can sell it abroad. Yeah. So they've been doing that system and it's working very well because now the, the artisans when they, they sell them money instead of giving it away to people in a, in a random way, they bring it to the government market, they sell it in a fair price. Uh, they get the money, the government gets the money, they get the taxes, and that's how, uh, how that's done. Now, recently, Tanzania just minted one billionaire from the Tanzania. This week, actually. This week. And this is this is this is not a big company. It's not a big company. It's just a, 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 a small miner who is using hand tools to mine. So this guy has come across two big stones of tanzanite. Yeah. Those two big stones of tanzanite they are worth 9 billion Tanzanian shillings. 9 billion Tanzanian shillings. That translates into nearly uh 3 million uh dollars. 3 million dollars. Yeah, 3 million dollars. And uh, you know because tanzania has allowed these small miners to to mine this money is it, it, not going to a big company it's not even going to a country is 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 going to this small miner you know small miner and he has got that and he says uh, he's delighted he will build a school he will do a few things you know and the tanzania government they bought it and now they're thinking what should we do with this so they, they might not even sell it they might maybe make it because i think they say the biggest tanzanite that is on show is in thailand so it was bought by some companies they bring brought to thailand so now with this find in tanzania tanzania will have its own biggest uh, tanzanite uh, stones and so it can generate tourism uh, it can generate tourism through that yeah and uh, the story of minerals uh, maria is that most of these countries have been getting those things almost for free almost for free the companies they were getting them almost for free in tanzania if you take the percentage of how much the tanzania people are getting from the minerals is nothing because they would pay bribes to the government officials they bribe them you know they give them something then these guys give them very lucrative contracts just exploit that pay taxes, or no taxes, because you have already given me the money. So this is how we will do the business. Then the country has minerals, but they don't get any benefit in Tanzania. Again, one contract was 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 revised from a company called Barak. Barak Mines is a Canadian company, also U.S. There's U.S. interest in in, in it there. Uh, so uh, they were mining this, uh, this uh, gold in, in Tanzania. And then the government said no but you guys have been first of all you've been evading tax taxes in a number of years second of all what what you are giving tanzanian money back is very small and then on top of that you have been taking the, the not the minerals, but you've been taking the, the 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 soil so they take the soil from those areas take the soil take the rocks put them in a container and they bring them to to process them in europe yeah instead of even just processing those things in in tanzania so when the government intercepted, they found that these guys were, they were taking those uh, soils and rocks and everything, and they were under declaring the, what, they, what they find in those soils. Yeah. So when the government intercepted, they took the, 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 those, those, um, those containers apart. They tried to process everything themselves and see what they found. They found a lot and they said, okay, guys, you have been taking huge amounts of containers outside and you have been under-declaring what you have found. And if we calculate the number of of, of, of of soil and rocks that you have taken, what you should have been paying is huge amounts of money. So we are putting this now. From this time, you'll be paying 50% of the value and you have to pay back all these payments. And they were like, no, no, no. They were saying this is not possible. And this is not. The government said, no, you take it or you leave it. Yeah, you take it or you leave it. And then they went back and said, OK, guys, now we will come back and we will negotiate and we will pay. You know, I said, OK, we will pay, pay. And then, then let's, let's do business. You know? Let's do business. Let's do fair business that is helpful for you and helpful for the Tanzanian government and Tanzanian people. So so that's, that's, so so that's how it went. So all these minerals and stuff, they can bring huge benefits to the countries only if they're the countries are peaceful, they are adhering to the principles of uh of good business uh you know so that can happen and it can bring benefit for everyone for everyone everybody will be will be happy everybody will, will be developing
0: yes thank you for that and just coming back to Ireland and the the role that uh, they we could have. So uh, how could uh, Irish businesses become involved in the uh, proudly made in Africa project?
1: Yes. So how how they can get involved in proudly made? In Africa. So so proudly made in Africa because we are, we are promoting ethical business. We are promoting uh sustainable we are talking about sustainability this this sustainability is what we are talking now we are talking about how we can we can live in this world we can we can roll back climate change but also we can develop everybody fairly we can all share the resources of this planet earth fairly so that's where we come from so basically we have these conditions not only for the people that buy products from africa so companies the island that buy products from africa but also we have this condition for Africans themselves that we want to, to use the, our path of Proudmade in Africa to, to the market. Ourself, Proudmade in Africa, we are members of the Fair Trade uh, Organization. We are also members of the initiative, uh, the Ethical Trade Initiative. is a, a UK-based organization. So these, these two principles, ethical uh, trade trading, and fair trade. Yeah. These are the things that we, we, we want to be adhered in Africa with our African producers. So those things they cater for care for the environment, they cater for the care of the of the people that work there. They care for the for the for the community that will benefit from that. So we go fair trade, we add the ethical uh, side to that and then we add the the other part the the content the content the african content the local content so for us the local content of the products has to be 65% of the content coming from africa or from a local area yeah so 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 we don't say you know some guy from tanzania they get they they can get cotton from 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 India and then bring the cotton to India, make the shirts there, you know, and then bring the shirts to the European market. No, we say sixty-five percent in Africa, and then you sell your products to the through us to the to the European European market. Again, and it's all about uh, high quality manufactured uh, products. So that's what we we give the condition to the African uh, producers, because then we we want to ensure that the environment is taken care of, the people in the community and the countries benefit from the resources there. And then to the buyers here, we also have the same conditions that these people should be, they should buy it in in the price that these guys will ask. Yeah, they shouldn't go too low because again, when you have, uh, even here now you can see the people that are distributing the, the the goods, you know, the distributors, the companies, they 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 squeeze everybody. They squeeze everybody of money and they accumulate a huge amount of money. So there is a lot of activity going on, but few people are accumulating a lot of benefit, greedily. You know, that's greed. They just accumulate that benefit and they squeeze everybody else, you know. So, so we don't work with those exploitive companies. We work with companies that are you know th- they believe in shared value. Shared value. We have to share the value. You, know? you get something, I get something. Everyone gets something. Then we all live happy. We we live the environment happy, and 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 this is how we operate. So for Irish businesses, you know, we welcome to them to work with with made in Africa. We, we we welcome them to adapt our our principles of uh, of, of doing business, but we also. You know, we make a call to all the business to change, to change, because we are in the twenty-first century world, where we are all connected. We are all connected, Maria. Uh, in Ireland, uh, I live here as well. You know, I eat now. Say in the morning, you want to eat, you eat mangoes. Mangoes from Ivory Coast. Mangoes from Ivory Coast from Mali. You eat uh, butternut squash. Butternut squash is kind of pumpkin something. You eat that from Brazil. You eat your kiwi from Australia, from from New Zealand. I found ginger from China. China ginger from China. You eat that. You eat everything from everywhere. You eat bananas from Costa Rica and 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 everywhere. So we are we are we are completely connected. We are completely connected. So the best way for us is to share the value, is to take care of every one of us, and we can all prosper. We can all eat, work, and play golf. Why not? <laughs> or maybe play some, uh, you know, in Africa we play, we play different uh, traditional gomas and uh, and everything. Yeah, so so we can all eat and work and, and play and, and have leisure and and keep the environment as well. Why not?
0: Exactly, you're you're so yeah. right, and it's just finding a way if we all work together yeah i agree with you we can find a way and we can all prosper as you say so just the the last question i wanted to ask you i'm sure um our listeners after listening to this conversation they might be moved to do something uh what what would you say we can do in our own daily lives to to help africa develop better fairly uh, more responsibly
1: yeah so yeah so to 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 be uh, yeah, I would say yeah to be in solidarity to also help Africa. yeah, so Africa, 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 so let, let me bring awareness of something here. is the you know the United Nations. So they have declared uh, about 10 years, 10 years so basically from 2015 to 2024 to be the United Nations decade for people of African descent. Yeah. So 10 years they ask all the United States member states including Ireland. Actually Ireland is now in the Security Council of the of the UN. So they've asked they've asked all the countries you know to take into account these 10 years is also special to recognize the people of African descent. And they've done that, taking into account all the injustice that has happened to the African people. All the injustice from colonialism, enslavement, they have taken into account those things. And they've said, guys, we need to to us in the word. we need to take into account what has happened to people, to these people, you know. So so that is very very important in that context because again it brings back us being fair. So it, the government, the, the UN's government, is asking everybody to recognize the African people because again because of the media. Because of the way things are are, talk, are are talked about, the way things are taught in, in history books, in development, in everything, it doesn't really bring the fairness to the to the African people. The African people are the people to be helped, to be assisted, and 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 it, all this is coming from all that and the the images that you know even some of the development organization put across. So so when we talk about Africa, that is what the UN has. Said in the last uh, in the last uh, ten years, and I think Ireland Ireland has begun to work on this uh, since last year. They've begin engaging with this UN uh, decade since last year. Uh, I happen to be myself here in Ireland. I happen to be in the committee, the steering committee from the people of African descent who are here, uh, who are who are working to promote. This decade, so we are waiting now for the government to launch, to launch, to have an official launch of this decade, so that everybody could be told about something about these African people because of what has happened to them historically. Yeah, yeah. you you saw the Black Lives Matter movement that came.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: in fact, the UN dec- declared these things before even the the Black Lives Matter. Uh, happened you know in in recent in recent months
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so so again even that one now everybody is, is looking you know we have to do something about racism we have to do something about you know taking care of ourselves and and our neighbors and the diversity you know this is very very important people you know we live in the 21st century the 21st century most of the societies almost all the societies, they are diverse, they are diverse multicultural societies, they are diverse multicultural economies, you know, so don't just like the the economy and don't like the society. People have have moved here, they have brought prosperity in this country, they have changed, they have contributed, so it's important to to also integrate them recognize their cultures in schools. You know, because these people are here now and they are citizens of this country. They are citizens of this country. They have their children going to schools. Now, have you changed your, your school system to accommodate these people? Have you changed your books so that they don't say things that are, are compromising the image of these people? And we are dealing like a classroom system, crash system. If you put something that is compromising the image of an African and you have an African child in a class, what will happen? What will happen? And then, of course, from that level, we continue moving to other levels, from how we have accommodated ourselves and and how we are doing. You know, because we are talking about we are all human beings. We are talking about equality. There is no, it's, it's, you cannot qualify. We are all invisible, equal. We are all indivisible, equal. You know, there is Africans, there is Europeans, there is Indians, there is Chinese, there is everyone else, according to their, where they come from and their cultures. We are all equal. Yeah. And, and I think this is very, very important. The UN is asking the people, to recognize the the the, the, uh, the African people and their history, and their history, and the history of them and the world. Not only their history alone, because sometimes they put the you know Africans are, are poor, they are corrupt and uh, there is corruption in Africa, and there is all that. The, the African Americans are this and that. It's not about that. It's all about the whole of the history and uh, what has put to these people, and and what has made these people to be where they are now. In the lowest rank, in the ladder, people are just looking at the color of the skin, yeah, the color of the skin. You know, all of us with the color of the skin, all of us with the color of the skin, yeah, you know, we, we all have skin, we all have the colors of our skin. So it's not about that. Beyond that, because everybody has a color of skin, we are all equal then, because we all have the color of the skin. Then what do we look for the color of the skin, it's cultures. Noise. It's peoples, and it's all about generating this equality and recognition. So the UN is asking people to recognize the African people, change their perception, to change all those things that they've given about these people. So they've been given negative uh, things, but then the positive have been put down, you know, put down the injustice that have been done to these people. Even the justice continues to be done with these people is put down. Now we're saying we are helping African people, while at the same time we are exploiting them. So basically we are, you know, we in Europe we are the helpers of the African people. But at the same time, we are exploiting them. <laughs> so we are giving them, we are giving them 10 cents. <laughs> and then we are taking 90 cents through the, the international trade system. You know. You know, and, and we are all participating in this because. I, I always teach this supply chain, this supply chain about, uh, is, is a nut bar, is a nut bar. We all eat nut bars, you know, doing break, snack, we eat the nut bar. Now, if you take the supply chain of the nut bar, nuts have been produced, say, in Ghana, yeah, you get nuts from Ghana. Now, in that supply chain, you see the guys in Ghana, they get less than 10% of the one euro that you you buy the nuts, the nut bar here yeah they get less than 10 percent so basically they get 10 cents so you have 100 cents because you pay one euro to buy the nut bar one euro so that's hundred cents the the people in ghana the guy who did the nuts the seeds the one who grew them who who tried to process them uh, clean them everything package them and then the guy who buys to europe the guys in ghana all of them they get 10 cents and then the guy who gets a lot of money there is a guy who manufactures the nut bar because again he's manufacturing so different things happening so they get the the, the back there they get about 30 30 40 percent of the value yeah of the value. and then it's interesting because then the irish government when you buy the nut bar it takes a percentage of VAT, yeah so 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 this is what i'm saying in this exploitation we are all participating we are all made a culpable of this system you know yeah so so and, and and is this narrative is this narrative where where you know things are turned upside down you know and then people are seen people who are doing bad things are seen to be the good one the helpers and and, and everything and the people that are, are being exploited are seen to be the the one that are you know, hopeless, they have to be helped, you know. So, and this is, has been largely professionally to African people. And this is why the UN is calling for that. But also even other people in other, in other places, like, you know, Latin America, even some of the Asian countries, you know, it's all about this imagery and uh, media, you know. So we are all living in a kind of a uh, uh, manufactured reality. That is not true, you know, where, as I'm saying, some other people are seen to be the helpers and and the, the good people and and you know the nice people and others are, you know are hopeless uh, poor they need to get help we need to help them all that if we look at it you can say it's nonsense it's nonsense It's a big lie it's a big lie so we need to change that and then for people of african descent in particular the u.n has put that u.n Decade for people of African descent. Uh, your, your young people, your students, uh, Google that. Google, Google, United Nations Declaration for the People of African Descent. And here we see what the UN is saying. We need to, we need, they said we need to do th- two things. We need to recognize the African people. So recognize them. So basically give them respect they deserve. Recognize them, give them respect that, that they deserve. They recognize the injustice that has been done and they give them the respect they deserve equally as human beings, as anybody else. And the second they are asking uh, for justice. Give the African descent people justice. Yeah, justice. Give them justice. You know, they are facing discrimination in these countries. They are facing um, racism in, in these countries. You know, they, they are not treated fair in, in in most of the things, even the education system, as, as I was saying, it has not been changed to accommodate the realities. They are saying, give these people justice. Give these people justice. Even if you want, you can even go back a little bit. You know, many, many countries, they have they have uh, African uh, goods. They have African goods in their places. You know, there's things that they just took from from those countries. They still have them, you know. Bring those things back. Even go back and say, you know, we exploited these people. We are sitting on the wealth that is exploitation of these people in the past. Give those things back. Do justice to these people currently and going back. And then they're asking for development. Then you can go further and try to accommodate a bit of, uh, not a bit, but you can accommodate development of these people. And I would say, you know, Africans, people, they don't need to be developed or assisted or whatever. They are capable, just give them opportunity, give them the cognition, give them opportunity. Like even now here in Ireland, many of these people, they have education. They have education, good education, but most of them are doing minimal jobs. You know, you have professors, guys who have PhD, they are not getting opportunities to teach in in universities. You have people, engineers, they are not getting opportunities to work in in the engineering fields, you know. There is guys who can teach, teachers. You know, I have my friend, my friend, he moved here from Zimbabwe. His wife is, he was the best mathematics teacher in Zimbabwe. And he came here, she wanted to continue to be the teacher in mathematics. She never got that job. The best teacher in Zimbabwe recommended by getting all the stars every time nationally. He comes to us, she comes to Ireland. She She's not given a chance to, be able to teach, you know. And this is not how happens to African people. Many people uh, they have different, different. Let's accommodate people. Let's give recognition to people, and let's let's prosper. Why why would you have engineers driving tra- taxis when they could be doing innovating you know, and and and? Doing? Why do you have this mathematics teacher sitting at home? Uh, I don't know doing whatever, and she could be transforming kids. You know. Yes. So, 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 so we need, we need, we need need that change. We need that change. And I think for young people, what I would say you young people, you are the citizens of the 21st century. You will link this 21st century and the 22nd century. Yeah. You will link the 21st century and the 22nd century. You need to begin having your own philosophy of transforming this world. Forget about the old people. Forget about the old people and the the, uh, backward mind. You are young people, adapt modern mind. The modern mind is a 20th century, uh, young person who is living in the world that we need to sustain the world. We need to know, we, we know about climate change. We know about the injustice. So whenever you are doing, whatever you are doing, whatever you will do, you have to do with that awareness whatever you're doing, you have to do with that activism to transform that, make it. So this is how we can live, especially the young to trans to transit from 21st century to 22nd century. That is what you can do. And you can do it. You can do it. You are, you are, you are very much capable. Technology is here in, in the palm of your hands. You know, when we went to school, I, I didn't see computer. I didn't see computer. Uh, until when I, I was about to finish university, I didn't see computer. Yeah. I didn't, you, I didn't have my own email, my own email when I, when I was, I was finishing, but you guys, you have technology in the palm of your hands. You know, you can transform this world and you have the knowledge now, you have the knowledge, but also work with other people because we have knowledge, we, we know, we know, you know, in, in my language, the, vocabulary for knowing something is with the sun. So we say, Kujua, to know. Now Jua is the sun. So basically to know is to be sun, to be sun, to be light, have yeah, to be light. And we believe that older people know better because they saw the sun uh, earlier. Uh, they saw many suns, so they got a lot of sun, they got a lot of knowledge. So maybe older people might have something to say, but again, is in the hands of the young people to transform this world.
0: Thank you so much. I think that is such an encouraging note to finish uh, this interview on. And we are so privileged, so thank you to have you here. And um, just, we're gonna leave some images of uh, some of the products of Proudly Made in Africa um, down this podcast, so you can check and, Uh, become involved uh, with this project. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Maria. And thank you, everybody who is listening. Uh, It was really a pleasure.
0: come to the end of this episode on international trade next week we will be joined by sasha Letznev from the century who will give us an expert insight into conflict minerals and cobalt and how many of the products we buy may have a conflicted supply chain so make sure you don't miss it all the best take care and see you next week